welcome to this episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear the freedom story of the individual on today's episode. I pray that you will glean something from their stories and that something they would say would help you in your journey with God. Thanks for joining us today and let's roll. Hey everybody, this is a special podcast because it is coming out a day early. Today is May 3rd and it is exactly one year since Anchored by the Sword started. I am so excited to share this with you guys and there are some details coming up at the end of this podcast that you do not want to miss. So in honor of it being the one year anniversary of the ministry, I have... One of my friends, Stephanie Libertor, who you guys heard in episode two, to interview me. Yes, you heard that right. She is turning the tables on me today. And I am so excited to share parts of my freedom story with you today. And so thank you, Stephanie, for doing this. Gina, it is my utmost pleasure. And what an honor it is to interview you. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a blast. And I hope you guys love this. So here we go. So, Gina, you're in the hot seat right now. I know it is getting pretty warm in here. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your early years. Well, I grew up in the 80s. Uh, (laughs) I was born in 79 and grew up in the 80s. And as I was growing up, I was a pretty sick kid. Um, I had asthma. um, And I was in and out of Akron Children's Hospital for the first 14 years of my life and I was in there so much that they asked me to try out the first room when they did the renovations back in 1985. So if that tells you anything, it's either my parents spent too much money there because of me or I, you know, was a frequent flyer. So I also, in the midst of dealing with all that, I also had to deal with the attitudes of people in school because I was out of school so much. Um, I got bullied a lot. It was to the point where my mom had to bring in the American Lung Association to do a special demonstration for the kids so they would understand what it was like to have asthma, uh, trying to breathe through a straw into a pig's lung or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then another one was walking with while you had a straw in your mouth and trying to see what that was like. So it didn't matter. They still picked on me. And it went on when we moved into the new area in middle school. Uh, Because they didn't know how to handle my situation. And I came back from school one day with a stack of books on my desk and I cried. And that never happened again because my parents then got in touch with the school. But again, I still got bullied. Um, Now down where I grew up in Canton South, they were a little better. They knew me or took time to know me as a person. Not just an asthmatic, sick kid all the time. So I had a little bit of a better experience down there, but it was still hard. And then um, also led me, because I was stuck in a bubble, literally I was stuck in this tent bubble that they had at Akron Children's Hospital. It was terrible. So if, you've, if you're old enough to know Boy in a Bubble, it's similar. <laughs> and so I was alone a lot. Like my parents, one or two of them would be there. But then one of them would have to go to work and there would be times where it would just be me and the nuns from Children's Hospital. 
and they would bring me stuff, but then I was still alone. And so that brought back a lot of issues with like esteem, with wanting to be accepted, with wanting to be loved, wanted all those things. So I was a little boy crazy, not gonna lie. In elementary school, I used to like almost every boy, including one that I had a crush on for two years and he never knew it, or maybe he did, I don't know, or just didn't care. And then it went on into middle school and, you know, my first boyfriend in middle school was at 13. Before that, it was eight. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. But yeah, at 13 is when it, you know, things really started kind of coming to a head for me. Um... I was hanging out with a boy and he threw me down on the ground and got on top of me and he held my arms above my head, which is one of the reasons to this day I still don't like people messing with me in those manners. But I ended up kicking him in a place that we don't recommend and I ran off and went home and I never spoke about it because... I was like, well, I kind of put myself in that situation, or at least that was my thought. And I was just really boy crazy. So I was seeking attention wherever I could get it. So would you say that's how you dealt with a lot of the pain of being a sick, lonely, mm -hmm. and hurt girl? Or, or were there other things that started to come out in you? Um, well, that was one of the ways that I dealt with it is because I, I had such issues with wanting to be accepted by everybody. I became a people pleaser all those things. And yes, I was boy crazy. And most of the boys didn't like me back. So that caused issues. Or they just wanted to be friends. Um, that's why I have more guy friends than girlfriends. Because girls were pretty catty and would like come against you and all that kind of stuff back then. And weren't always the nicest. But guys, they were still ready to back me up if I needed it. So that was always a good thing. But I also um, delve into my studies. I was a really smart kid. I uh, got straight A's my last semester of eighth grade, just all those kind of things. So I put focus on other things, but there was still that part that was missing. Mm. And I know that you're a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. And so I'm dying to know, and maybe your listeners want to know too, like how did that all happen? How did you meet Jesus? So when I was 15, I got involved in a very abusive relationship. Um, he was very mentally abusive. In fact, he also became physically abusive, uh, pushed me into a locker at school because I was wearing certain things that he didn't like me to wear. Um, so it was a really abusive time. It was fine for the first couple months, but then, I mean, we were together six months and he just, it, he was out of control and he stalked me and all that kind of stuff. And it really messed with my already fragile self-esteem. And then the guy who I started dating after that was a, my best friend at the time, her boyfriend. Dump, they broke up and he came after me because he knew all he had to say was the words, I love you, and I would be done. And that's exactly what happened. He said, I love you. And the one thing that I had fought so hard to keep, I gave up in a matter of a week or a couple weeks. And then I was drinking. I was having sex and then one night we were at a party and I was drinking and went up into the area 
yes, to have sex with my boyfriend, but then I passed out. And the next thing I know, I had been raped. And because his buddy was also putting back on his pants and there were used condoms all over the floor. So that's, that really scared me. Um, I never told anybody about that until I can't even remember, probably um, this past year. I didn't really talk to too many people about it. And so I was broken. I was hurt. Um, he and I ended up breaking up and I was just in a really bad place. And that summer, uh, I met Nikki, who y'all heard from on the um, podcast number six. And she invited me to go to church. And so I started going to church. I started asking some questions, fell in love, head over heels with Jesus. Um, at uh, 16, um, right before my 17th birthday, I came to Christ. June 1st, 1996. I'll never forget that day. We were at a Grand Slam, which most of you probably don't know because now it's the um, one garden shop, Batiti's Garden Shop up here in uh, Belden. But it used to be Grand Slam, and that's where I came to know Jesus. And I followed hard after him. Um, I was doing everything. I went on a missions trip to Venezuela with Teen Mania Ministries. I was a part of a dance crew and I was probably, I was like one of the older ones and probably not the best dancer, but they let me in anyways. Uh, <laughs> so that's when I was really following hard after God. And I was at that church, um, from, like I said, 96 or so to about 2000. So I have a lot of questions popping up. And, Absolutely. Um, I want to backtrack to a, a very vulnerable moment that mm -hmm. you just shared about, mm -hmm. about uh, being raped. Yes. A lot of women have experienced this. I mean, stats are crazy and so yes. many women are silent on this issue mm -hmm. because for, for a multitude of reasons, but one might be that they blame themselves. Mm -hmm. they, they figure, well, I was drinking and so mm -hmm. somehow it's my fault and uh but you know better and and I now know I better. do <laughs> yeah but can can you speak to that right now you know because I don't want to slide by that sure. very vulnerable moment that you shared mm -hmm. and that somebody heard that mm -hmm. and it's going to resonate with right and I did feel that way at the time I was like yes I was drinking I had went up there with a particular purpose into the barn and I knew what was going to happen between me and one other person but I had been drinking so much that I passed out and all of a sudden it became a rape. And part of my brain does not remember the actual act. Um, but I can put two and two together. And yes, I felt so much shame from that because, yeah, I felt like I put myself in that situation. I felt like, okay, I got kind of what I deserved at that point or what I thought I did. Um but no, you don't deserve anything like that. I don't care if you were drinking. You did not deserve what happened to you. What happened to you was wrong. It should have never happened. It is not your fault. I don't care if you are walking down the middle of the street at 3 o'clock in the morning with a short skirt on and a sports bra. You don't deserve anything like that. Just because it happens, it's not your fault. And there is healing and there is freedom that can come from that shame that is associated with that. So, yeah, I want everybody to know that was not your fault. 
It was done to you, and it is something that you can heal from. Right. Amen. Thank you. You know, so much shame is attached to our sexual past. Right. Whether it was something that we chose or something done to us. Mm -hmm. So you shared your your, uh, coming to Jesus moment (laughs) and that you followed hard after him. Mm -hmm. But then I know that there were some years that you fell away right from from Christ right what happened during that time back in 2000 uh, there was a big split that happened within the church and some things happened that really hurt me um, I saw some things that like I said it just really made me question a lot of things and around that time is when I met my now husband and we you know, we were young. I was 20. He was 22. We started doing things that um, made me feel like everybody in the church knew. And when I would try and go in, like I felt shame that people would judge me because I was doing these things because I was living with him before I was married to him. So I just kind of was dealing with not only some of the past shame that I had, but now it was like, I felt like people were watching me, judging me and shaming me now. Um, so it was a long time. It was from 2000 to 2014 before I started going back to church. And that was even after Matt and I had got married. It was just, uh, it was a rough, rough time. So that is a long time to, it be, was. to be away. So mm-hmm. everyone's burning question is what brought you back? <laughs> I knew God the whole time. I never lost focus on, like I lost focus on him, but I kind of always knew he was there. But in 2014, my grandmother got sick. Um, She was the fighting, praying grandma, the one with five devotionals in her Bible, sitting on the coffee table in the living room, did those every day before she even started taking care of her husband. So she was that praying grandma. She got cancer. We found out... Um, I believe it was August we found out and she was so strong in her faith. My grandfather had passed four years prior and she was like, I'm ready. It's okay. I know where I'm going. And she would still read the Bible every day as much as she could. She made all the decisions. I was there to help her. And, uh, the last verse we ever read together was Psalm 73, 26 that talks about even though my heart and my body will fail, that basically my spirit won't and that God is always with me and I'm always with him. And when she died nine weeks later, number one, something broke inside of me. Um, I'll never forget, I was driving from my job because she died while I was at work. I was driving from my job and drove to the um, drove to her apartment where she was living. And I just had this cry that I've never had. Like, even when my mom passed away and all this kind of stuff, I never had this. And it was just, like, one of those ferocious, like, I was letting everything out at that moment because I felt completely lost without her. Um, But I started going back to church. I kind of started in and out before that, but then I started getting more consistent. And I've been in and out of churches for a couple years um, after that. And then the church I go to now, I really started in 2017, like the end of the 2017. That was around the time that Carrie Job's The Garden came out, which I can live my life based on music. 
by the way, y'all. If you can't tell by the playlist that I almost always attach to places. <laughs> um, the Garden came out. And that whole album just started to make me feel like, you know, I was being grown. I was part of God's garden. He was watering me and like starting to feel better about myself. But there was still a lot of growth to come. You know, the prayers of our grandparents are, are pretty weighty. And yes. I'm not surprised. And you know what? I'll bet that grandma was praying for you those 14 years that oh, yes. you would come back mm -hmm. and you did and you know mm -hmm. and those prayers have been answered mm -hmm. so I met you in 2019 Gina. yes um and what were some of the struggles that you were experiencing like you had come back to Christ I met mm -hmm. you so you had a window of some years mm -hmm. what was going on and we know your history we know your story so we can kind of see some of the struggles that mm -hmm. were ongoing some hidden things mm -hmm. hidden hidden from you, perhaps unaware, you mm -hmm. know, of the shame and the effect of shame. But what were some of those struggles that you were experiencing? Well, because I hadn't fully dealt with those things, like I knew I was forgiven the day I asked Jesus to forgive me. I knew that was good. But there's also a lot of heart work, a lot of soul work that needed to be done that I didn't know I needed to have done. Um, there have been things that had happened that were starting to trigger me. There was comments that were made that like really shook me to my core and made me say, you know what? I've never went through the heart work of this, not just the hard work, the heart work. So I knew, I knew something needed to be changed and I knew something needed to happen in order for me to keep going on with my journey. And I had been working with another group and at the end of 2019, I was like, you know what? I kind of felt like God had given me a four-step process of things that I needed to work on. And the first thing was me. And I didn't exactly know what that would entail. I went and met you, saw you speak, and I was like, this could be part of it. So then in February of 2020, which will go down as the craziest year ever, but February of 2020 is when I started my journey with Unbound, with the class you teach and the book you wrote. Yes, that was so powerful. Um, it, it was amazing. And let me just tell you, I so, so wholeheartedly agree that there is a difference between forgiveness and healing, isn't mm -hmm. there? I mean, you Absolutely. very eloquently said that, that forgiveness is instant, um, but the unpacking of our past, that requires healing. And mm -hmm. it, it just, um, a lot to that. So Unbound, right. um, what it is, huh? Yes. Uh, you've mentioned Unbound. And um, Unbound is, is helping women heal from their sexual past. And it's a, it's a biblical healing study that takes her um, to, toward a journey of wholeness, mm -hmm. dealing with the ghosts of our past. Because... Mm -hmm. Some things still haunt us long after they've been put away. I mean, we really mm -hmm. can't put things away, can we? I mean, yeah. they just kind of manifest in, in our lives in, in sneaky ways. And so we look at unpacking anger and shame and grief. And it's about dealing with the losses in our, in our life and mm -hmm. the losses that our sexual past have um, created. And it's about breaking soul ties and... So there's a lot to it, it, it but it, it is so profound mm -hmm. in, our, in our heart's journey. So what were some of your greatest breakthroughs, Gina? 
first of all, Unbound is an amazing class. Um, you guys, anybody who has dealt with any of these issues, I would highly recommend it. And I will put the links in the show notes uh, for you to check them out and to um, text if you are interested in signing up for that. Because I'm telling you what, I will refer people to this place until the day I die and probably beyond because these things will live on. Um, <laughs> so some of my biggest areas that I needed breakthrough from was one of them is anger, which God knows that's still an issue for me. Um, we're working on that. <laughs> and I say we because I ain't doing it by myself. Um, forgiveness, learning to forgive myself, learning to forgive the people that have hurt me in the past or in the present, actually going through and writing letters and realizing even the, the things that I had done, you know, because we tend to be in a self-centered society where we think it's all about what was done to us, all this kind of stuff and what maybe we did, but more about what was done to us. But I realized what I had done to people. I wasn't clean of a lot of things. So focusing, getting those things taken care of really opened my eyes and really made me uh, see myself through a different lens and work on healing that lens, which led to the soul tie breaking. That week is a hard week, but was the best week. And that was a huge game changer for me. I'll never forget it. April 27th, actually. <laughs> yes, I know the exact date. Um, I was in my office because my husband was furloughed. So I was stuck in the office all the time. And I was up there, got done with work. And I said, you know what? It's time to do this. It's time to do the exercise. I'm ready for it, I think. And so I had the fan on because it was hot in that little area. I had my book out. I had my Bible out. I had everything ready. All of a sudden, it got so hot in that room. And I was like trying to wave the heat off and trying to put some air. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I know who this is. And you're going to get out right now because I got some work to do. So... I mean, I literally went through the exercise of breaking soul ties, even starting back a little further um, in my childhood, but also starting at 13, starting with the person who had me on the ground, starting with him and then breaking soul ties with everything that ever happened, including the ones that I never fully accepted responsibility for. Broke every single tie. It probably, I don't even remember how long it took, but I just remember the freedom that I felt after that. I was so overwhelmed and so excited and just crying and just so happy that I bounced down the steps. And it's not because I fell down and bounced down the steps. It's because I bounced down the steps. I was so excited, so free. And my husband's sitting there going, what is wrong with you? I said, nothing. That's the greatest part. Like, it was just the greatest feeling. I finally had gotten rid of everything that I have been dealing with. I mean, there's still work to be done. And as Stephanie always says, which I find is amazing saying, is that we're healed and healing. But I had felt so amazing at that moment and so grateful and just ecstatic. And I love that feeling. And that's one of the reasons that I'm doing some of the things I'm doing now, which is helping Stephanie with some of the classes because I want other women to feel that way. 
So. Well, too bad this isn't TV because I can see the joy <laughs> all over your face. I wish other people could see that too, but they certainly hear that in your voice. And yeah. you mentioned soul ties, and I think this is probably a conversation you want to have. Absolutely. You know, down the road. But yep. all I can say about that is that, you know, that might be a new concept to somebody. Like, what are soul ties? What is she talking about? But the Bible doesn't name it like that, but, and it's something that's unseen, this connection that we have, um, with another person mm-hmm. and, but we can certainly feel the effects of them, can't we? So, oh, wow. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. So 2020 was this giant year for everybody. And obviously it was giant for you with mm-hmm. the healing that you received, but it was also a very exciting year for you in another way. So tell us about that. <laughs> and that's why we're here. <laughs> Anchored by the Sword Ministry started on May 3rd of 2020. I was in my office, Hebrews 6:19, the verse about the hope being the anchor for our soul had been in my uh mind the entire time I was going through the process. When we started, I wrote the verse out as a verse to keep me going through the whole process. But it kept flowing through my head. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this is. And I was just praying and um, thinking and journaling. And then the phrase anchored by the sword came into my mind. And I was like, I don't know what that is. God, what is that? And so I felt like it was something I should throw onto social media and see what I got. You know, just to see if it kind of stuck with anybody or anything. First of all, I Googled it to make sure nobody else had used it. And then I saw nobody else had And I contacted a few people uh, just for kind of confirmation, prayer, stuff of that nature. And I put it up. And within five minutes, there was already like 20 or 30 people on, which most of you are probably one of those. And thank you. So it just kind of was a confirmation that this is where I was supposed to go. And it's changed um, over time. There's writing. There is... um, once in a while, an email, <laughs> working on that. But it was just it's just a place where I want people to realize that they can truly become free by becoming more anchored to our sword, which is God's word. And when we focus on him and his word, then anything that comes into our path, anything that Satan tries to get us with, anything that this world tries to get us with, We can slash it out of our way. We can take the word of God, grab some verses out of it, start slashing around because we don't need it. All we need is his word. There is power in the word. Amen. So because your ministry is called Anchored by the Sword, and um, tell me, what is your anchor verse? That has changed over the years, but the one that has been getting me lately is Genesis 50, 20. And it says, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good. This is the CSB version, by the way, to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. I can just look back and say, you know what? I went through a lot of stuff and I'm sure there's people who are listening who have gone through a lot of different things too, different than what I've gone through. But when you sit down and you look, you can see that God was with you the whole time. Even if you didn't know it at the time, even if you didn't care, you can still look back and see how he has been there for you and with you. And God doesn't mean bad things to happen. God doesn't want bad things to happen to us. He never does. He 
we have free will. Uh, we have all those things that deter us from what his actual plan is. But he can take things and turn them into something good. He can take the experiences that I've had and use those so that that way I can help other people and help them realize that they don't need that shame anymore. Oh, amen. Well said, my sister and my friend, Gina. <laughs> well, this has been such a fun experience. I think that your story will resonate with many, many listeners today. So thank you so much. And I want to say a big happy birthday to Anchored by the Sword. Yay, if we had poppers, we would pop them off. But, you know, we don't have video. So y'all would just hear a bunch of pops that would sound like gunshots. So we're just not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much, Stephanie, for doing this. This is fun. Thanks for letting me interview you. Absolutely. Well, you are one of the people that have led me on this journey. And I would not be here if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for the ministry that God has given you. So I'm so blessed. I'm so excited. And that leads me into our giveaways. There is going to be a couple giveaways this week on the Anchored by the Sword podcast Instagram page. That is the only place you're going to be able to find this. So share this link with a friend. Get them over to Anchored by the Sword podcast. You are not going to want to miss these exciting giveaways. I am super stoked about them. One of them is a signed copy of Unbound from Miss Stephanie here. And like I said, I don't want you guys to miss it. It's going to be awesome. So I will put the link in the profile. Again, it's only going to be at Anchored by the Sword podcast on Instagram. I love you guys and thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your favorite app so that way you don't miss an episode. And also while you're at it, if you could leave a five-star review so that other people can find this podcast. Now go out and live your God-given freedom story today. Talk to you soon.